Hello, good day, and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, or FYR as the acronym goes. And speaking of acronyms, we're going to check out a movie that may well be QUOT. It could be WTF, or it might even be FUBAR, but no doubt we will ROFL, <laughs> R-O-F-L, and be slightly NSFW as we do it. I'm Rob, and here are my BFFs, Simon and James. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoyed that. <laughs> I wondered where that was going. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I only understood about half of those acronyms because uh, yeah. I'm so out of step. Uh, <laughs> and what does, I, I, I can remember them all. Obviously, we know WTF and FUBAR. Um, ro- roll on the floor laughing. Roffle. Is that, is that how you say it? Do you say Roffle or do you say roll on the floor? God, we sound so middle-aged. <laughs> Speak for, well, no, not speak for yourself, James. I'm, you know, forty is the next destination for me. Um, uh, what's the other one? I know about BFFs, um, NSFW, and other. It's Quat. I don't really know. And now no, I've I don't. Can, what what I don't is Quat? Yeah, is, I don't know that one. Could uh, could work on no. <laughs> it's like like that blessed Wordle thing again, isn't it? Top tier podcast in this. <laughs> Uh, what does quat mean? Cyber de- <laughs> Oh, cl- complete waste of time. C- complete waste of time. Quat. Oh, great. So, yeah, definitely applicable to uh, the next two hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Certainly to that last minute. <laughs> We've come out of the trap firing tonight. <laughs> uh, we are lit. Yeah, that's not an acronym. That's just me being useless. James and Simon, how are you both? Are you okay? <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm glad to be out of January, Ooh, which yeah. is not the best month at the best of times, but uh, my little lad has had COVID, so has been at home for 10 days straight, oh. and he's going back to school tomorrow. So I've been playing, me and Mrs. S have been playing Rona Roulette every single day <laughs> with him at the, for the last 10 days. And I mean, it's unbelievable. Unscathed wow. so far. Unbelievable, because children are not known for their... You know, not doing as they're told, <laughs> keeping a distance and stuff. Well, anyone with a child under the age of five could understand that you, it's not really possible to social distance from them. No. Even if you wanted to. Uh, but thankfully, he's been fine. It was very mild, his case. Well, to to, to the young man. Yeah, and he's him. going back to school tomorrow. So if I'm a bit on edge tonight, that's <laughs> just coming to the end of a quiet testing period. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And you're well, Si? You're keeping keeping rosy? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, aside from uh, old man hip trolls, which has been keeping me pretty much <laughs> horizontal for the last two weeks, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Awesome. We are so down with the kids, aren't we, the three of us? I just, I, I've never felt as old as I do right now. <laughs> just, <laughs> just hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I mean, a fucking bad hit. <laughs> Well, what what have you both been watching this uh, this well since we last reconvened? Um, so just before we went into lockdown, <laughs> uh, me and uh, the wife we went to see West Side Story on the big ah, screen. Ah, Spielbergo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. Uh, yeah, that 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 overrated hack of a director, right? That's, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. According to. Some on Twitter, that is an actual opinion that people hold. Outrageous. Um, so I remember, you know, back a year or two ago when this was initially put into production, I was a little bit irritated at the idea of Spielberg making this film because he's in a position to get anything greenlit. So why 
waste time remaking remaking something that many people see as a uh, as a masterpiece in the first place. But he made me look like a big stupid doofus. <laughs> <laughs> so from the sumptuous opening crane shot, it's clear that Spielberg is on his A game, bringing all his visual prowess as a filmmaker to this bold and wonderfully extravagant adaptation. It's bursting with life, colour and pitch-perfect performances, and the film is nothing short of pure cinematic joy. Even if you're not into musicals, see it just to witness a filmmaking maestro truly firing on all cylinders. It's just brilliant. I I mean, I'm not of the opinion... I think he's made good work in the last 20 years, but everyone seems to think that he's gone off the boil. No, yeah. But this is just... He's like... I think he's been thinking about making a version of this film for about 50 years and the the camera moves in this movie and just you know just a director who knows when to pull back and hit it into a wide shot and not cut all around mm. it it's just so well executed it's like the best fight scenes you could think of but it's all just this wonderfully choreographed dancing so good yeah really great i think stuff. i i was sold from that shot in the trailer you know it's like the the two gangs are sort of approaching on a on a wet dark alley yeah. and there's got those really long shadows like cross over um there's, uh, oh yeah it's, it's just incredible. That, that shot was like yeah how dare you say spielberg doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> And what what it manages to get across, which I never felt with the original, is there is, even though the, the gangs are like doing pirouettes and ballet moves and all this, there is a tangible sense of danger. Like these guys are quite dangerous and up for some violence, <laughs> which is yeah. a real hard a hard balancing act. That is. Uh, but no, I was I was locked in. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Which which was my always my problem with Greece. I never believed that these guys were like <laughs> capable of being like a badass gang. It's like. <laughs> so that's that's good. Also, terrible life lessons in Greece. Oh, especially Greece too. Oh God, when he locks the woman up in the in the bomb shelter and uh, didn't horrendous. know that. Oh, Greece too is an absolute shocker. <laughs> really bad. Dear me. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, anything else, James? Any others? Yes. Um, so I'm a bit late to the party on this one, but I finally caught up with the Netflix miniseries Midnight Mass. So, in this show, an isolated island community experiences miraculous events following the arrival of a charismatic young priest. So, it's this little desolate island that this little community lives on. It's about 120 people live on the island and they have to ferry back and forth to the mainland. And I just thought it was excellent. You know, be it uh, film or television, Mike Flanagan is one of the best horror directors currently working and Midnight Mass is a brilliantly ambitious piece of long-form storytelling that asks big philosophical and spiritual questions whilst delivering plenty of genre thrills. It does require a bit of patience, as it doesn't actually reveal what it's truly about until the end of episode three, but trust me when I say that the patience is rewarded tenfold. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Amazing. I need to... I watched the first episode and, you know somehow it got pushed to the back of the queue, but I definitely need to pick that back up. Awesome. Um, yeah, I keep hearing good things about that. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, like of all the great recommendations that we get, because some of our lovely listeners do send in recommendations too. They do, yeah. They all simmer in like a great big pot, and occasionally one like floats to the surface and demands attention. <laughs> and this is rising steadily, I can feel it. Amongst the butchered metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> So, what about you? What have you been watching? 
Uh, I, I, so, like most recently, I've I've um, basically had a week of catching up with movies James recommended on previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, every time James mentions something I haven't seen, I'm like, oh, I'll put that on the put that on the list. Um, so yeah, I, I watched a lovely double bill of um, Cop Shop and Nobody. The former being a, a really great throwback to seventies pulp cinema. Um, you know, Walter Hill, John Carpenter, with uh, Frank Grillo and and uh, Jerry B. Uh, who's a who's a hitman, and um, they're in the same prison cell together, and then that gets like overrun. It's just I just absolutely loved it. It, it ticked all the boxes for me, and then nobody, um, which is just this testosterone fueled beat 'em up slash shoot 'em up, pretty mad, really. You know, it's Bob Odenkirk. Is, yeah, the Odenkirk one. Yeah. yeah, and he's like this everyday Joe Blog. <laughs> Bob Oden wingy. <laughs> <laughs> Still sat outside QPR's ground. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for his room. Um, yeah, he's he's just this like a yeah everyday Joe Bloggs who gets in some trouble with a Russian mob. But to be perfectly honest, I was like, I, it was a bit sort of take it or leave it for me the first half of it. But then when when you realise what it is actually about, the second half of it is just brilliant. I just loved every minute of the the. You know when when you sort of figure out what's actually going on, and it just completely elevated everything and totally changed my opinion on it on the whole because I was a bit like meh on it, um. But by the end, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. And then I also watched Pig, oh. um, the Nick Cage drama, which turned out to be nothing at all like I expected, um, mainly because like I'd seen so many comparisons to John Wick, like being thrown around on social media and stuff like that, and. You know, and aside from the fact that it's a main character who gets his like beloved pet stolen from him, that's kind of where the similarity ends. Really, it's nothing like John Wick, like at all. Um, nobody's like John Wick. That's a fair comparison, I think. That's that's like a good in terms of like it's just a big sort of fighty shooty film, <laughs> that <laughs> official official genre. Um, but no, the, the pig was just this really tender beautiful and really understated film um and all that's kind of epitomized with cage's performance like it's not this nick cage we've spoke about on films we've covered where he's way over the top and he's just proper going hell for leather and you know doing mad stuff he's just playing this really sad guy (laughs) who's got this real like deep history which slowly unravels as the film goes on and I i just really loved it it's just a really great movie with a story that's both really simple yet massively original and devastatingly relatable as well because you know we we don't have truffle pigs that get stolen but the everything around that everyone can relate to i think and i just um about loss and grief and etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah i just thought it was great if you haven't seen it 100% check it out i'm forever seeing questions on reddit where it's like who is the most overrated actor? And then oh. the amount of people who say Nick Cage, and it's like, I just want to get this bloody Blu-ray and go around to all of those houses and smack them over the head with it and go, watch this! <laughs> Fucking watch this! <laughs> and doesn't one of those hot takes that nobody wanted. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah. like, he's great, Cage, and in this he's just... Um, it's a shame he's not going to get any sort of accolades for it. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's kind of that's not going to happen, but um, yeah, de- definitely watch it. It's, it's great. Awesome. I love that. Um, 
I think like as soon as they called the film Pig, they knew that there was no way anyone was going to read this out of the Oscars. <laughs> so you know, like they were like, "Yeah, no, it's fine. We're calling it Pig. No worries. We know we're not. He's not going to. Yeah, it's like oh, if we nominate Nick Cage, we're going to have to invite him, aren't we? Oh god, <laughs> the crazy goth guy. <laughs> he's just got. He's got an outside chance. I Do you think, think so? That'd be so great. He's got a, a very slim chance. I mean, he won't win. Has he been? Has he in any long lists at all? Because they haven't done the short list yet, have they? Yeah, he's he's he is long. He's like over ten to one. So he's got an outside chance if maybe the if the actor's part of the academy. Because I think he's one of those guys that all the actors properly respect him because he goes for yeah. it every single time. So he might sneak in on that on that possibly. Awesome. Awesome stuff. What about you, Rob? What have you been watching? Well, um, I have there's two two things I'd like to shout out about. Actually, I've been watching the Responder with Martin Freeman. Responder. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is quite thick. There is quite a bit of the old Scouse in there. But um, so he he is fully Scouse right the way through. Fully Scouse right the way through. And I know Alan Sugar wasn't happy with that. He so. wasn't, was he? <laughs> What a little fucking wanker! <laughs> you know, like as if the world needs to know. <laughs> Honestly, what did he say? Like, um, I couldn't understand what was being said, and my wife had to turn it off. Like, you know, oh dear. Put your hearing aids in, Alan. Put your Amstrad hearing aids in. Oh, they don't work. Well, perhaps not reveal yourself to be a massive bigot. Maybe yeah. you know? just just put the subtitles on. It's not that difficult if you find it that hard. Deary me. This is the British Isles. Yeah. You know. (laughs) I've seen a lot of Scousers say it was really good. It was a really good accent. Yeah. um, You're closer than us, Rob. Well, you know, it it was... I'm going to say it right now. He's not not just going to get nominated. He's going to win the BAFTA. Oh, do you think he's going to win the BAFTA? He's astonishing in this. He's absolutely off the scale. It's there's not. I've not seen a, a performance like this. I can't think of anything really of someone who's just gone so for broke. Sorry, one of the children is passing a note under the door. To <laughs> I thought it was one of the aliens from Community. Oh no, I wouldn't be scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't look under the door. It might be an alien from Signs. Right that, now, look. that's infinitely more terrifying. My room is the darkest of all three of ours. <laughs> Not one of those little blue doctors. <laughs> hey, hey. Passing notes on the door. What's wrong yeah. with you? Got any huge portions out there? <laughs> um, yeah, the children's so confused now. Um, no, it, it's it's super duper. It's absolutely superb. And the tension in this is so massively ramped up. It's brilliantly shot, brilliantly made, um, utterly uncompromising. It's one of the best things I've seen in ages and ages. I was lucky enough to have a chat with someone who was involved um, in the production couple of weeks uh, sorry last week uh and i was told that um freeman stayed in in character the entire time because it was easier to once he locked into the accent it was mm. easier to stay in that than bounce out of it and all that kind of stuff so yeah but you've got to see it i think um, the whole lot is on um i play right now um yeah i'm, and I'm telling you he'll win that bafta out. for this he really will um i watched uh, that bafta <laughs> He's good as Freeman because he was in he was in that ghost stories where he was really good in that and then he um yeah. he was in that Australian zombie film the Outback zombie film on Netflix and he was brilliant in that yeah 
this is a, a Freeman I've never seen. Like this is a tortured, warped Martin Freeman. But he was Tim in the office. I know. Yeah, I wondered whether he could carry. <laughs> yeah. I read what the story was about, and I wondered whether is Freeman the right guy. He is. He yeah. is. This is just astonishing. Yeah, my my second sort of shout out is controversial. I feel um, because I watched um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it's my film of the year so far. Ooh. Fight, I, fight, fight. Absolutely fight. adored it. I adored it. Um, I cried buckets. Like, at one point, oh like, I, I went... Oh, my God. This is the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> no, I, I, like, I, I honestly, tears streaming all over the place. Like, like uh, uh, multiple times throughout the film. Uh, but, like, of joy, of happiness, of... Of, of... Yeah, I cried a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved the story. I loved the characters. I loved the whole thing. I absolutely, I had this is one of the best times I've had watching a film uh, in ages. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really did. I'm really, really. And there's a particular <laughs> moment where there's no, uh, no spoilers, but where the, uh, someone gets a helping hand from somebody else, and I. I felt like I could feel in my throat. Like I went, like I made like a noise, like a <gasps> like that, <laughs> <laughs> like a literally. And I felt, I felt, you know, my my cousin was watching it with us, and I felt her hand on my shoulder. Like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so amazing. Um, so I, I, I honestly, I was so, so thrilled with it. Thri- so thrilled. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. Um, one man's trash is another man's. Absolute treasure. <laughs> it has divided people exactly yeah, yeah. the camps of you two chaps. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it to see which one. I'll probably be on the fence. I'll be really boring. <laughs> I'm t- too scared to side with one of you. Oh, no. Because no, I, I, no, I don't no. think you'll be able... That's, this is the thing. I think it's so divisive that you won't be able to help but pick a side. Yeah, yeah, like, it, I don't think you'll be just be like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You know, I think it will either hit it's a one or the spot. Other. And boy, did it hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> they saw you coming up by the way. definitely <laughs> did. Uh, but I did, you know, I um, I bought it on UHD on Amazon Prime as well so that I can just swill on it as much as I'd like, which is lovely. Lovely. Um, I do have one. I have a mystery, though, for you boys tonight. Oh, all right. And we've not discussed it before, but I, I want to spring it upon you, right? Okay. So... A very big film is coming out on the 10th of June this year. Okay. Um, And we've seen nothing of it. And it's mad. Because this thing is gigantic. It's with one of the biggest film franchises of all time. And quite genuinely, you're looking at me blankly. Because yeah, what is it? Exactly. It's, it's Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, is that coming out this they did, year? They did a prologue. They, they did the, the, yeah, the big yeah, but the prologue's not going to be in the in the in film the movie. Yeah, no. So they've done that prologue at the drive-in theatre. Yeah, but it, it's four months off. Yeah, and we've not actually had a trailer for the movie or a like a proper poster for the movie. What? I, I'm fascinated. I, and I was trying to think of what other movies out there have gone like this. I, I just can't think of anything. I hope it's an intentional thing of keeping it under wraps yes. rather than a we can't really show it because it's terrible <laughs> sort of I'm thing. really hoping I mean I'm going to cry my eyes out because if that is the case and they do manage to keep it under wraps right until we, I'm all for big franchises which are guaranteed 
bums on seats to just not yeah. give stuff away in the trailer. Reveal anything. You go, people are going to go anywhere. Yeah, that, that's it. That, I, I didn't think about it like that because I'm so hungry to see it. I'm like, get rid of the trailer. Every day I wake yeah. up in the morning. I've even set a Google alert for Dominion <laughs> so that yeah. it's going to ping. My phone will light up when the trailer drops. But maybe you're right. The thing is, I don't even like those Jurassic World movies, but I'm going to go. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm interested in the franchise as yeah. a as a whole, so I'm definitely going to go. And I think you know whether you're excited about it or skeptical about it or not, big summer tentpole movie like that with that IP, everybody's going to go. I think all of you know. I think a well crafted teaser would be just as effective for a lot of these blockbusters mm. as spoiling everything that's in the movie, it's particularly stuff with recognizable IP like Spider Man yeah, and Batman yeah. and. I mean, I've stopped watching the Batman trailers because yeah, th- there must have been about four or five different versions on it. Yeah, now. I know the film's three hours long, but I want some surprises. Yeah, <laughs> going yeah. There. exactly. And I think I mentioned it last time we spoke. I just wish No Way Home didn't reveal any. Like you know, in the trailer they revealed Green Goblin was back and Doc Ock was yes. back and things like and Jamie yeah. Foxx was back. If they hadn't have done any of that, then the rumour stuff wouldn't have gone out of control and basically spoiled the whole film. Yeah. And it would have been so much more effective. People were going to go and watch that film regardless, but they just, it would just would have made it so much better to like see something that's a genuine surprise in the cinema. And like, it was magic, isn't it? Like the original Jurassic Park was. Mm-hmm. The, they may have it may have been a spoilery trailer, but we were too young to get that. But I'm pretty sure it was just a bit of a teasy no, one. It wasn't. There was no dinosaurs, I don't think, in the trailer. I just want them to go back to that. So I'm Yeah, I'm with you. You can't help be skeptical and feel like, oh, this is because it's probably rubbish, isn't it? And they're scrambling together a cut or whatever <laughs> and reshoots and blah 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 blah. Because that's just how sort of blockbuster cinema is nowadays. I am hoping it is a it's a choice, a measured intentional choice to keep it under wraps um mm. to make it as 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 fresh and as a surprise for everyone as possible oh, i'm so excited <laughs> yeah i'm imagined it, i think it was supposed to come out last year so i think uh, i would imagine it's all in the can and finished and ready to go so they're not going to push it again i wouldn't have thought no i'd be amazed if they did and the other thing is that gives me confidence here is that the the, the prologue and the uh, there was that like um, battle of Castle Rock or something like that. There was yeah, uh, yeah the trailer yeah. park, you know, or the camping site um, thing. Those, th- yeah, those, I remember that, yeah. those offerings have just been so good and so polished that you can only imagine that the movie's in good nick. You know, the movie itself that those yeah, things yeah, are yeah, supposed yeah. to be promoted. You know, they wouldn't they wouldn't be farming out the time on those things if the actual movie itself wasn't like. I I, I just hope. I've just found it really interesting because now I've talked to you guys, I'm even more buzzing because I hadn't thought about it. In my impatience, I was like, well, everything's got a trailer. Where is the trailer? Why can't I see this? Like an impatient traditional movie fan, you know, um, the ones that we always bemoan. And I should be more like, how good is that that we don't know anything about it? So when I get in the movies and you've not seen a single frame of this film, they've they've not shown a frame of it anywhere. Yeah. How good is that? Cool. So exciting. Um, anyway, on to uh, pr- more pressing matters. And tonight's movie, James. Yes, it is my pick. Lovely stuff. So 
Two estranged brothers deal with financial oblivion and their deep-seated resentment towards their alcoholic father by battering meatheads for vast sums of money in a conveniently easy-to-enter MMA tournament. (laughs) (laughs) The film is 2011's Warrior. Growing up, we all wanted to know the toughest kid in the neighborhood was, right? I want to know the toughest man on the planet is. That's what we're going to find out. Brendan, it's me, Pop. What are you doing here? Tommy's back. Did he say if he wants to see me? I'm proud of you, Tommy. What you did for that kid in the tank. What was I supposed to do, let him drown? Tommy Reardon, you saved my life. Look, Brendan, the bank has got to go by the new appraisal figures. You're upside down on your mortgage. How much do you need? I didn't come in for long, Frank. I was hoping that you would train me. Are you serious? Do it! agreed that we weren't going to raise our children in a family where their father gets beat up for a living. Brendan, you're a teacher. You got no business in the ring with those animals. Actually, I used to be one of those animals. I guess I forgot to put that down on my application. There's this big tournament. Top 16 middleweights in the world. But when it takes all, I'm going to need a trainer. Not that much you were a good at. I got a family to protect. Everything I do is for them. What's going on up here? Daddy is now a princess. Mom needed you. I needed you. You're my big brother. You bailed on me. I was a 16-year-old kid. What the hell did I know? You had a choice, okay? You had a choice. So, James Warrior, tell us, why did you bring this to us today? So, I love sports movies, and we don't really get a lot of sports movies nowadays. And this one, in my opinion, is one of the best of the 2010s, yet it isn't as well known as the Creed series or as celebrated as something like The Fighter, despite it being, in my opinion, better than both of those entries in the uh, in the combat sports movie pantheon mm. excellent stuff so Sai, what about you what's your relationship with uh with warrior for me this came out at a time when i was like very intrigued by tom hardy because and he, he was just he was just sort of making that move from support to lead just around this time and and f- for me personally i'm not the biggest tom hardy fan in the world like nowadays but i think this period sort of this year was it 2011 and then two years either side of that is like the the window in his career which is probably the strongest stuff he's done the best stuff he's done you know like movies like tinker taylor soldier spy and inception and that tv miniseries the take like all quality stuff and i just remember um yeah me and my brother watched it i don't know whether it was a rental 
perhaps one of our like random HMV DVD purchases or Blockbuster. Was Blockbuster still around then when you go into Blockbuster and get like ten, 10 DVDs for like 20 quid? No, I think Blockbuster was probably on the way was out. It gone by then? Then? Yeah. Netflix was on its way in in 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it was. But yeah, I watched it with my brother and... I think we were brought in because Tom Hardy was on the poster looking absolutely ripped to shit. <laughs> and we were like, fucking hell, what's this? <laughs> uh, and yeah, we watched it. And I, I remember us both loving it at the time and certainly remember it being up there in terms of sports movies. You know, certainly one of the better ones. And yeah, so love the excuse to watch it again. Mm, awesome. Um for me, I, I'd never seen it. This was a first watch, but it had always been something I wanted to watch. Obviously, as a fan of combat sports and enjoying combat sports movies as well. So I always, yeah, did did fancy watching this. And I was aware that I think at the time when it came out, it, it got very, very good reviews. I think like Empire possibly gave it five mm. um, out of five. That always gives me a slight air of intimidation, though. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm so weird that I'd much rather like. Am I gonna watch? Shall I watch something that might change my life, or shall I just watch some absolute dross that's three stars <laughs> at an absolute <laughs> peak, and just go home, go to bed, kind of like happy? I don't know, you know, or not fundamentally altered. And this did it. This did it for me. So I watched this this week and started watching it, and I was like, right, I'm gonna give this half an hour, and I watched the whole thing. It's two hours nineteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just watch the whole thing. It just like. I haven't done that in I don't know how long I've, I've it's been since I've sat and watched a film all the way through. Oh yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking because even that I had to split into two parts because the kids watched it with me. So, they thought so it was, was this a well. was this a first watch then, Rob? Oh, totally a first watch. Yeah, oh, totally wow. I'm surprised cold. by that. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it obviously has so much stuff that I I really like about it. And again, I got that intimidation factor about it. Same with books. If I know it's going to be really good, I'll be like, eh, just put it off because it might really, really excite me. Which is stupid, isn't it? What <laughs> stupid <laughs> logic! It's absolutely absurd it's logic. The weirdest apprehension I've ever heard. I know. I know. <laughs> like I'm nervous about being. Enjoying something too much? It's it's a weird one, but I, I'm going to kind of agree with Errol because I find it hard to watch sort of lauded five-star type movies yeah. at home. If I've missed them in the cinema, I'll find it really hard to bring myself to watch them at home because I know I'm not going to be paying it a full attention because I'm so shit when I'm at home watching <laughs> films. Like, I'll, I'll want a snack or I'll want to look at my phone or I'll, you know, talk to my other half or whatever. So I kind of get what you mean, even though it's, it's still a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, James, when, when did you last watch Warrior? I last watched it probably about five years ago, I would think. I've seen, I think I've seen it twice before I've, I've re-watched it again for the podcast. Uh, I initially got it on Love Film, on a lovely Love Film rental. Gorgeous. Like the disc coming in the post. Yeah, because I remember seeing a few really positive reviews for it. And obviously, as we'll get into, Nick Nolte got uh, nominated for an Oscar for his work in this. In uh, Best Supporting Actor. Didn't win. Outrageous. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this is probably my third watch of it. But I quite like the director, Gavin O'Connor. I think he's uh, done some really good stuff over the years. And he's very good at at sports movies, he's got a, he directed Miracle, which is a nice hockey movie, and then um, The Way Back or Finding the Way Back, as it's known in the UK, with Ben Affleck, which is another broken man f- looking for redemption through sport movie, which is uh, 
which is really good and quite underseen as well. So yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of this film. Outstanding, outstanding. So um, I was very surprised it qualified given the fanfare that had come with it. And it can only qualify through box office, James. Is that right? Yeah, so it kind of came and went when it was released theatrically. So it uh, when it was initially released, it opened in third place in its first week at the US box office with $5.2 million behind Contagion and The Help uh, before dropping down to number eight the following week. Overall, the film made $13.7 million in the United States and Canada and $9.6 million in foreign countries for a worldwide total of $23.3 million against a production budget of $25 million. Ouch. So it didn't make its production budget back on its initial theatrical run. And I think it is just because the two leads of this film, they're not quite as established yeah. as leading men at that point. Like, mm. they... You know, they've been in good stuff at this point and they've been in other big projects, but never where they were front and centre necessarily. And I just think it was that lack of maybe audience recognition. I also don't think MMA was as popular back in 2011 as it currently is now. Uh, You know, there was no Conor McGregor back then, as far to my knowledge anyway, or at least he wasn't as well known as he is now. It hadn't quite gone as mainstream yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that, because I remember at the time... Was it the same year as The Fighter this came out? It's roughly the same time. It's like there's a year in it at most, I would think. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking at the time, like... I mean, I'm not in that massively into the sort of fighting sports anyway, but I was like, well, I don't have no idea what this is, what this MMA stuff was when this came out. And this was my education in what MMA was, to be perfectly mm. honest, watching this movie. So I certainly don't think, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it was, it hadn't clicked into the mainstream. It would have been popular amongst the hardcore, but yeah, definitely not, you know, a, a sport that was on the BBC website next to boxing and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, definitely that as well. I agree with that for sure. Cool. Um. So... I mean, we we know critically it was well received, but just how well received, Si? Uh, yeah, it's, Warrior is definitely one of the better films we've covered. When it's um, you know, as you sort of touched on, Rob, in terms of uh, critical reception, it's got a pretty big eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a certified fresh because it's got a, a ton of reviews, mostly positive. Um, no one really gives it the the full five stars. You mentioned Empire. I think they were the only ones I found that gave it, you know, certainly of the big sort of publications that gave it a five. Yeah. Loads of fours, um, three out of fours. Um, but but yeah, as I say, no no sort of outright love for it on mass, which kind of sort of explains why it's it's a it's a bit lower as seventy one on on Metacritic. You you mentioned Empire. Rob, uh, Dan Jolin did give it five stars, saying mm. uh, it hardly rewrites the rule book, but Warrior is a powerful, moving, and brilliant sports pick come family drama, um, like the fighter, but with kicking. <laughs> oh, so the fighter had come out then, yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, what babyish. <laughs> Interesting, there were, there were quite a few side swipes regarding the film's like emotional beats and sort of like cliches in its storytelling. Um, there was one particularly smug. And pithy review from uh, a chap called Kyle Smith in the New York Post. Obviously, it's New York. Um, who who said uh, Warrior is a cheap exploitation picture wrapped in miles and miles of stale would-be Oscar scenes, as genuine as those distressed-looking vintage T-shirts they sell at Target. 
um, which which I guess is Primark over here, um, <laughs> the, the equivalent of Primark. Um, I say on the whole, though, there was a lot lots of appreciation um, for the performances and uh, the pulse pounding MMA fight sequences. Um, audience wise, it's it's better. It's even better. It's got ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eight point six on Metacritic. And a really solid three point nine on Letterbox. So like, we, very rare we get something that's around the that's fours. That's incredible, yeah. Yeah. Loads of fours and five star reviews on there, including one from uh, director Joe Lynch, who's done some sort of like genre movies over the last sort of decade or so. Um, who says the soul of Rocky One and Four and the heart of Shawshank, melodramatic genius. Oh. So yeah, he he was a big fan. Nice. And we've there's also I also spotted a couple of uh, great Letterbox write ups from. Uh, Friends of the pod, uh, Jamie Russell and uh, Luke James. Um, oh, you who, guys. Who both gave it four and a half stars. Uh, Luke called it a superbly well-constructed sports drama. And uh, Jamie um, made particular note of the three towering central performances that anchor the movie, with Nick Nolte in, in particular on career best form. So, yeah, generally thumbs up all round, apart from that douchebag of New York. <laughs> <laughs> Who I hope feels really silly because that was trying to be a bit smart and a bit. Uh... If if anyone's got a spare sort of two minutes while they're having a, a on the crapper or something, uh, <laughs> read read the review. It's an atrocious review. Like not, I don't want to be like an arsehole about it, but it, it's it's written. It's just fucking. It's just metaphor after metaphor, and you know, trying to be funny and it's not really funny. And it's just—it's a horrendous movie review. Like he's not—he's re- not—he's not reviewing a movie. It's just—it just doesn't make sense. The 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 sort of write up, and it's just like, oh, mate, you smug bastard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a smug smarty pants hatchet job, really. Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. It, it's a, it's a good read because it's quite interesting that people actually make a career off writing about films in this way, in the way he's he does it. Yeah, um, it was in the New York Post. Um, it's which I don't think is a good paper anyway. I think it's like there. It's the Sun. It's it. Murdoch's paper. Is it? Is yeah. it the? Oh, is heck. it? So yeah, um, no surprises there then. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, worth a read just because of how shockingly bad, <laughs> badly read. <laughs> I don't understand film critics who don't like genre movies. Like it is a genre movie at the end of the day. It's you know it's if you're going to see a sports movie, you expect it to hit certain beats. As yeah, it for makes sure. It way through. You'd be a bit disappointed if it didn't hit those beats. Not that everything needs to be a carbon copy of everything else, which there's plenty of other nuance within this film. But you oh, do yeah. want the highs and the and the lows that come with a sports picture. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. Lovely use I, of the word picture. Yeah. Oh, I've, I'll do it all the time now. It's I'm so annoying. It's it. a pretentious <laughs> love guy it. from the New York Post. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, I do, as, you know, like when you're saying, you know, when you're filming young, you know, young man at your place, like uh, this. <laughs> we need better lighting in this picture. Um, that's when you know it's gone too far. And um, to paraphrase Uncle Duvet, um, <laughs> um, oh, do we have anything from the sheriff? Uh, I, I couldn't find anything from the sheriff. Oh, um, unfortunately. That's, I would have mentioned it, Rob. Of course I would have. Uh, I know you would have. I know you would. But I had to ask. I had to ask. Um, hope you're well, Mick. Always good to hear from you, man. Um, and um, so, yeah. Well, we know we know how we can how we can address the movie. So, that is an awful segue, that. That is. How we can address the movie. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. 
I, d- I know. Is this where I put the uh, trailer in for... Uh... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network. So Gavin O'Connor is a director. He's also one of the writers on this. Yes, uh, having done the screenplay with uh, Anthony Tambakis and Cliff Dorfman. Gavin O'Connor, I've had a little mooch through his uh, back catalogue. Remember that I really enjoyed Pride and Glory with Edward Norton and yeah, that's uh, good movie, Colin yeah. Farrell. It's a good movie, yeah. Um, that also features people from this parish, which is uh, Frank Grillo, we'll get to oh. you, mate, tonight, and Carmen Ajogo, who were uh, both in um, uh, the Purge movie, the Purge Anarchy movie that we did. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems like, um, so Gavin O'Connor's worked with Frank Grillo a few times and Ooh. when you mentioned Cop Shop when you, when you spoke about it James it was Joe Carnahan who's worked with him several times as well so he just must be like an absolute dude Frank Grillo and everyone loves it. Just must be an absolute legend <laughs> like, Pete, yeah, like yeah. they wrote this this part for him like just like he must be an absolute legend and um, I did watch a bit of the behind the scenes stuff on this one I was really interested in how Really, as athletes, how they went about this and read that Tom Hardy went in with absolutely no training whatsoever, no combat training whatsoever. Um, whereas uh, Joe Ledgerton is, I think he's a, he's a black belt in a martial arts discipline. So he was well au fait with a lot of the physical demands, etc. But Hardy went from the very beginning. Um, and one of the reasons why... And spoiler alert, I suppose, but one of the reasons why the um, uh, Hardy's characters' fights are so short was because the Edgerton was much more adept at the physical stuff. He could sell a fight, sort of like yeah, an MMA yeah. skilled fight sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Really interesting. Because that's what comes across, because what they do is they, they have the two fighting brothers and they have very distinct styles, don't they? Yes, yeah. Which which was I always thought was a little bit surprising because Edgerton's character is the more technical mm. of the t- of the two fighters, whereas um, Tom Hardy's character is more of the wrecking ball. But when you find out more about their backstory as you go through, it turns out that Edgerton was always the seen as the underdog mm. of the two fighting brothers and was sort of ignored by his father. But he's obviously the one who's more technically adept uh, <laughs> in terms of. What maybe it's because he wasn't powerful enough, so he had to become more technically adept. Yeah. Possibly, but but in in the you know in the sort of like the early stages when um, Tommy, I mean, usefully, Tommy Conlon is played by Tom Hardy. Tommy Hardy, yeah. so he kind of <laughs> it's going to be easy. Yeah, isn't Grillo's that. character called Frank as well? He, he is, yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what should we got? We just call him Frank. It's nice and easy. Um, but yeah, Tommy is um, a, a high school wrestling champion who never lost. Doesn't use a shred of wrestling when he actually gets to. I think he's cheating because he's 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 clearly got um, an extra well extra help in there in the shape of his trapezoids are absolutely absurd. You know, they've actually I've looked at the poster for this. They've actually reduced his traps on the poster. So that they don't look insane. Yeah, I remember reading that at the time as well. They 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 had to like Photoshop his muscles out of it because he just 
He looked like Mike Tyson in his pomp, doesn't he? Like his neck is just humongous. Yeah, that poster is hilarious because Joel Edgerton is in incredible shape on that poster. Yeah, and he looks like a waster next to her. <laughs> next to her. <laughs> <laughs> like, and when I was watching this film, I was sat there like munching on cheese Doritos, just <laughs> <laughs> feeling like beer can absolute... rested on your beer gut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Feeling like an absolute failure every time Hardy took his shirt off. <laughs> I liked it earlier in the movie when he was all layers. <laughs> and again, Hardy built all that because he didn't. You know, and they were saying that like the diet was insane. You know, like convincing them both to have six meals a day was monstrous. Apparently, so this isn't just like acting. This is like becoming that discipline. It's just insane. Like mega dedication, and it all shows on screen as well. Yeah, well, this is where I'm like so surprised that um, particularly Hardy just didn't get any sort of nominations for anything for his role in this. Because mm. is is it because it's not based on a true story? Is, is, does that go against them in this situation? Because obviously Christian Bale won an Oscar for his performance in The Fighter. Mm. If you compare it to a recent Oscar win that wasn't based on a true story, and you look to when like DiCaprio say finally won an Oscar for The Revenant, mm. and it was because of the physical torture he put himself through for that role, he completely imbued himself in that character, and went through the absolute ringer during production. Yeah, that's what Tom Hardy does here. The, the pair of them, him and Edgerton, obviously trained their nuts off. Yeah. Um. You know, proper took it seriously. You know, to learn to be fighters, and you know, and you can see it in the film the the physical toll it's, it takes on them both. And I don't think Tom Hardy's ever been better, to be honest. No, I don't. I think this is his best role for sure. I, I think you're right. Yeah. And I sort of touched on it before, where this is, and you said it as well, James, where this was the point 2011 where he was just about to go supernova and become this big leading man who was massively because he's hugely popular with the general public tom hardy uh, men love him women love him americans love him british people love him he's just this well revered guy um and uh, you know he's a good there's no doubt he's a, he's a good actor of course he is but i think this is the best he's been and potentially ever will be because he's just fantastic and you feel so sorry for him because this he's so sad <laughs> Bless yeah. him, and he's just on his yeah. own. He's just he, he, he never see, feel anyone so lonely as he does in this film. He he did win an award. He did win an award. Um, Not a major won... one though, was it? No, no. he won the, <laughs> the Nevada Film Critics Society Award for Best well, Actor. Well, at least so. they know what they're yeah. <laughs> they know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They well, just do. But... It's fight state, isn't it, Nevada? So, well, yeah, this is right, yeah. <laughs> Although the MTV Movie Awards uh, only nominated him and Edgerton for Best Fight. They didn't win. Didn't they even get... Oh, I'd love to see what would have won. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you you mentioned The Revenant before, because he was, of course he was in The Revenant, wasn't he? He was amazing. Yeah. That's what he got nominated for, wasn't he? we, Was that he what he was... got nominated for? Yeah, he yeah. got that nominated for The Revenant. That was John Fitzgerald, yeah. That... That movie is just insanely good, isn't it? Oh, it's a great movie, and and you know, and he did deserve his uh, Oscar, uh, Oscar nomination. For yeah, that. because it looked really cold. To be fair, it did look absolutely <laughs> Baltic. 
but uh, and he is great in that, and he's great in Mad Max as well, and he is good. I just yeah. can't get past his um, his silly accent in that car movie where he's stuck in the car. Dave, that, selling concrete. That movie Lock has really done a number on you. So. <laughs> can't can't hack it. Just can't do it. <laughs> so funny. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> um, so should we should we dive into the movie then? In which yeah, case? I mean, I, yeah, there's no way we're going to be able to hit the whole beats of a two-hour no, 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 movie. No, 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 it's a sports movie. We kind of know it's, it. It yeah. does tread a sort of familiar path, doesn't it? In terms of but, yeah, but it, it also deviates in ways that I was not expecting. Like, obviously, Tommy comes to see his dad. There's obvious problems there with. Well, I mean. He's going under a different name at the moment. His dad, who is Nick Nolte, who was Oscar nominated, he is approaching a thousand days sober, and he's sort of just like mooching about. I have no idea what Nick Nolte was doing with his life before well, Tommy reappeared. Think, yeah, I think he's retired, isn't he? Yes. And we get a sense that he used to be in the Marines as a younger man as well, because mm. you'd later find out that Tommy has suffered some trauma. From being in the Marine Corps yes. himself, and his dad tries to bond with him, and Tommy's not having any of that later mm. on. Uh, and yeah, Nolte's great in this movie. He's a recovering alcoholic, and he just sort of talks in wounded growls throughout the whole movie. <laughs> would, you, would you like to have a go? Is this the right time to have a go? Tommy, I'm your, I'm your father, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> you smashed it, James. Don't eat this food, it's for. Dead beats an old men. <laughs> when he falls off the wagon oh, later yeah, on. Yeah, that's absolutely outstanding. Very funny. Si, would you like to have a... So oh, God, I can't, I can't. I can't top that. James absolutely knows uh, We have to smash it. <laughs> so, like, um, what's the line from the movie? I don't know. No, they're just noises. They're just sounds. But they're evocative sounds and they work very well for the but even, I mean, even when he's talking at a high volume, when he's talking at a low volume, it's all the same. When he's whispering to you, you must get all sorts all over you. Apparently, he did a scene that was so good uh, in this film, that after he'd completed his take of it, the, the crew gave him a standard ovation, right? It's not in the movie. They cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> it's in a diner, isn't it? Something in a diner. And it was his first day, wasn't it? It's <laughs> amazing. Say, oh, this is so stories. good, we're not putting it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Tommy is um, has left the Marine Corps and he goes back to uh, to his father's house, who he hates, but he's got nowhere. You get the sense that he's got nowhere else to go, mm. essentially. Uh, and then we're also introduced to Brendan, who is his estranged brother. We don't know this at this stage, who is a physics teacher who moonlights as a, what, semi-professional MMA fighter and beats the crap out of douchebags in the back. In local tournaments. Yeah, just little, like, uh, winner-take-all cash scraps, isn't it, really? Yeah. Of an evening, because he's in dire straits. Financially, yeah. Yeah, but he's a family man and all this. And uh, he's married to Tess Conlon, who was played by Jennifer Morrison. And I was like, where do I know Jennifer Morrison? House. House, yeah. yeah. And she's great. She's brilliant. Um, Always in her little pants, though. I, uh, put some trousers on. <laughs> Well, I, I, I wasn't looking. wasn't looking. She had just got out of bed, to be fair. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that was really good to see her um, in a movie. And and the principal 
of um well, Joe Legends Prince is one of my favourite guys ever. Kevin Dunn. I absolutely oh, love this guy so much. What what was Kevin Dunn? We've spoken about Kevin Dunn before. What film was he in? Which what film was he in? I don't know. Uh, probably half of them because he's in everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I often think of him as, uh, you know, we've not done this movie obviously because we can't, but the, the dad in Transformers, Ron Whitwicky. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Winwicky. Uh, yeah, when he's, you know, when he sees that <laughs> he's got, his son's got Megan Fox in his room and he's like, Hey, hey, well, oh, well done. You know, like, dearie me, Dad. Can we just, just not do that? Great name, Principal Zito. Is that what? <laughs> I didn't catch his actual surname. Principal Zito, yeah. Yeah, the name's all bit dumb. Because Nick Nolte's called something like Paddy Conlon. It's like the most generic Irish name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Paddy Conlon. Is it Brendan Conlon? Yeah. And Tommy Reardon. Tommy Reardon. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. No, I know where we, where he's from. Um, he was in um, Ghostbusters 2, wasn't he? Oh, on of the, course. On the, on the, you know, on Vegas TV sidekicks, show. Yeah. Yeah. I predicted uh, the, the world will end on the 13th of, no, it's new, the 31st of December, 1980, whatever the year it was. Uh, it's him, yeah. Apparently, also in Snake Eyes as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. He's. Uh, the, oh, is it three appearances? No, no, sorry. That's another podcast that I'm on. <laughs> if you've made three appearances on the podcast, it's Hall of Fame. That's that's what we do. We've that. got our own yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting confused with this podcast? <laughs> no. So I've I've got, I've gone and applied that. In a, I've just on the other podcast gone on about like, hey, you're in the Hall of Fame. Jersey's in the rafters. Yeah, they're like, what are you talking about? No wonder they were confused. <laughs> yes, he's up there now. Yeah, yeah. Jersey's retired. Done 17. With Sly, Jean-Claude and Nick. <laughs> what Kevin. a change. You actually, and Kevin Dunn, is what he, a set. Is he going to be in the next Expendables movie now? <laughs> you know what I also enjoy about this movie? Um Gavin O'Connor must have a good relationship with uh, Noah Emmerich, is it? And yes. He just has one scene as a bank manager who won't yeah. give uh, Joel Edgerton a loan. That's oh, it. He's yeah. never seen again in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I was expecting, well, he's got to be someone pretty major. Yeah, no, that's it. He's nope. just, <laughs> can I have this loan? No, you can't. Have you thought about bankruptcy? <laughs> No, you can't have this loan, but I will take high yeah. billing in this movie. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, oh, Kevin Dunn, sort of, what's he called? Principal Zito. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he does Brendan over, doesn't he? Because he gets, oh yeah, he gets suspended because they get wind that he's doing these like car park fights, and it's not a good look for the school. And uh, it, you know, it's just like, oh, could you not pay me more then? Because <laughs> I need to resort to this. These backyard yeah. car park I don't fights because I've not been paid enough to, to yeah. live in my house with my family. Can you just give me a bit more money? No, nah, we'll just suspend you without pay. Uh, in Jesus. fairness to uh, in fairness to Principal Zito, fucking ridiculous name. Uh, <laughs> it's not him who suspends him; it's the superintendent, it's the superintendent. who's waking out yeah, waiting outside. Super Nintendo Chalmers is waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, am I wrong in saying this right? But um, Edgerton lives um, in a, a very lovely house with yes. um, his two daughters. Yeah, and Tess. They live in a very, very nice, affluent-looking neighbourhood. Yeah, I mean, if things are just, just, you could just downsize a little bit. 
he could, <laughs> but he doesn't want to give his house up because he mortgaged the house to pay for his daughter's open heart surgery. Of course, of yes. course, of yes. course. Yes. Of course, yes. So it's I not remember. his Thank fault you. he's in the hole, but it's, well, you know, yes. he did the he, he's in the hole for a for a very good reason. It's not because he's like loves scrapping in car parks and keeps losing. Got you. Got you. I forgot I completely forgot about that because not very much was made out of that in the No, because he only drops it in an offhand when he's yeah. talking to uh, Noah Emmerich when he's not getting his bank loan. Yeah. And yeah, so that sets him up and basically he comes to the decision that he's got to keep scrapping in all these small events outside strip clubs and various car parks to try and keep up the mortgage payments on his house. And he decides to go and see his old trainer, played by Frank Grillo, who's a FYR favourite, who's going to be up in the rafters soon as well. Hey, oh, we've got your jersey printed ready, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> And Grillo is, happens to be training a middleweight for this big tournament that's kicking off in the um, uh, kicking off soon, which is apparently the eight best middleweights in the world. Um, and so he becomes part of the stable there. And then we go back to Tommy and Paddy, who are not getting along, but Paddy is apparently an excellent trainer, and uh, and he's going to train Tommy, who because he's gone viral because he went down to the gym and ended up sparring a professional fighter on short notice, smashed him to bits, and someone filmed it, and it went viral. And that's how both men sort of get on the road to being in mm. this tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I love how it, you know, because um, obviously we know they're brothers. Yeah. The reveal that they're brothers is held very late for maximum drama, for, oh, for yeah, the wider course, public. Yeah. Which is which is great, but I I still find it absolutely insane that of the sixteen best mar- you know mixed martial arts fighters on the planet, they didn't work out that these two were from the same family. <laughs> I have got no idea how this happened because surely he was fighting under the Conlon name, uh, as in Brendan was when yeah, he so they... he had a, a a low level MMA career, didn't he? Yeah, and he was a under card fighter and not one with a stellar record and it sounds like he had some injuries or he ended up being hospitalized after a fight and basically decided to stop fighting to be a family man and and became a a physics teacher Uh, as a result i'd love to know when he got his degree (laughs) 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 um yeah and the uh the other idea is that you know tommy him and his mother left Paddy because he was a abusive alcoholic. He took care of her until she passed away, and then he joined the Marine Corps. So he didn't actually fight professionally, but he did have a background as a all state wrestler or or whatever the case was. Mm, I think it was a high, an undefeated high school all star wrestler. Yeah, I'm not sure, but again, it's a discipline that he's decided to abandon. <laughs> yeah, because he's just favourite rock hard and stuff. smashing people up with his trapezoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that thing on IMDb where they could be loosely based on real people. The footage they used in the film for uh, Tommy's wrestling career was of this high school wrestling kid who was undefeated. Um, and then Brendan could be loosely based on a UFC fighter called Rich Franklin, who was also a high school teacher that did sort of do moonlight uh, moonlit as a cage fighter to make to make some extra money because his 
his job wasn't paying him enough because you know you get paid shit in public service, don't you? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's sort of inspired by reality, but all the sort of happenstance and lovely happy coincidences that do to sort of line it all up for them to be in this tournament together. There is a wee bit of a suspension of disbelief. Oh yeah, there, really? yeah. And of course there is. It's a movie. I think you know with sports movies. You, you should be allowing for that really especially one what's not based on a true story because yeah, how many times do you how many times do you get one that is a true story and they go you couldn't make this up I don't know I'm going JR from <laughs> <laughs> oh my god is dead. oh my god you couldn't make this up um, but they, and, and then they're like oh this is something like a movie and then a movie does it and then they go, ah, oh, that's unrealistic. Can't, can't do that. So it's just like, yeah. Is it? it could happen. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, um, there is one other very famous character that did, you know, never mind real life, but that did uh, go off the rails and resort to cage fighting. Any ideas? Uh, no. no. Who, who was it? It, it, was, it was Ryan from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Yes. <laughs> Again, no training in the OC. I've I missed all those years of martial arts training. <laughs> he did prior to... Uh, yeah. But he had some sweet guns, though, didn't he? Yeah, I, I know I know. the actor <laughs> is um, is on a crusade to take down crypto. Is he? Uh, with some, like, finance dude. They're just saying how bollocks it is, and they're just I mean, on this big crusade to just cripple it, <laughs> say how bollocks <laughs> it is. We, we do, you know, we do touch on the big topics here. Um, before we really know where we are Tommy and uh, Brendan don't actually meet face to face until they've both made their way to this tournament yeah yeah because their their stories are running sort of parallel to each other they are yeah and then the link is Paddy yes I mean, I didn't think it was a mystery that they were brothers, but was no, it's it not a supposed to be like? A... Is it not supposed to be like? That? No, 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 no. Because he kept saying like Tommy's back. This was quite early yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes to Tommy's see him, back. Doesn't he's like, yeah. Does he want to see me or whatever? Yeah. Um, and it appears that I mean, I'm a writing thing in this that Tommy took his mum away from the abusive relationship. Yeah. And Brendan was supposed to go with him, but um, didn't because he was he'd um, met his wife get married. basically. Yeah, yeah. he met his wife. Yeah. And they were going to settle down and stuff like that and didn't want to leave his wife. Um, which I think is a fair point. Yeah. But Tommy's not having that. He's so wounded all the time and his whole yeah. thing is to lash out, isn't it? Rather than let anyone get anywhere yeah. any close to him. He's the younger brother, isn't he? And it, it's the fact that he had to take all the responsibility of looking after his, the mum. Yeah. Even though he was the younger sibling and he felt betrayed that the old, that Brendan sort of left him to it. Yeah. He did, I mean, he did go go on and then, uh, I suppose it must have been after his mum's passing, possibly, that he went and yeah. joined the army. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. To sort of try and heal, but it's probably not the best. Because well, he had a lot of rage, didn't he? And, and I think this is what this, why he wants to fight is because he just wants to get the rage out because he's, he's yeah. not a Marine anymore. Uh, rage, rage is a great word to characterise the, the motivation of him as a fighter, really. It yeah. is, isn't it? It's an outlet for him. But he also has a noble reason for doing it as well like a friend of his who was in his in his platoon was killed in a friendly fire accident and he's in um he's in contact with with his friend's widow and his plan is to win this tournament and give the five million dollar prize money money. to her which so he's like what i love about this film is you've got two leads here 
and you're rooting for both of them. Yes. Because they've yeah. both got such pure and good reasons for doing what they're doing, essentially. And they both and you they're complex and they've both obviously had trauma in their past. But you can see what they're trying to achieve through through fighting, essentially. And mm. yeah, there are some plot holes and, you know, coincidences and conveniences like i can't believe they both end up it's supposed to be the 16 best middleweights in the world and you've got two wild cards in the 16 who nobody's ever brothers. heard of brothers. brothers that no one knew were brothers before i mean in terms of drama as well though i mean like i know we're diving about and there's no way we can drag it all together but the public only find out once they've watched three rounds of this tournament and it's like we've just found out that tonight's finalists are brothers, you know, like <laughs> imagine like watching it, like what? what? <laughs> you know, ringing up everyone, you know, like you've got to be, you've got to be on telling, you know, it's insane. It is insane, yeah, but yeah, that would be it. That's amazing. <laughs> like it, it does it. It doesn't even because all the kids at this at Brendan School really get into it and they start watching it on a big screen at like a drive-in and stuff like that. Yeah, like it didn't cut to them when they find out that they find out they're brothers and they're all losing their minds like with Principal Zito. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Imagine <laughs> Jr. Like, oh my god, Thanksgiving will never be the same. Oh my god. <laughs> Surely at that point, though, they're both looking at each other like, right, you know, because I don't think Joe Legerton must owe that much. You know, it's not like an insane amount. It's not like he's owing money to the mob or something, is it? Mm-hmm. He, he, he owes money to the bank. Yeah, 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 mortgage, basically, yeah, yeah. The value yeah, of his house. He's yeah. just behind on the mortgage payments, isn't he? Yeah. So, and-, um, and, and Manny is Tommy's friend who passed away, and... She's going to be all right with two and a half million dollars, isn't she? You would think so, but they're not on the best of terms. Yeah, are they're they? not. They're, so, no, but so. I mean, like, just before, let's just have, like, have an agreement. Come on, fellas. Right. Yeah, but then, we'll... they're, they're, but then they'd, they'd risk of not getting it because they, they'd be match fixing. So... No, no, no. Uh, we'll go and we'll go and fight. We'll go fight and we'll give it everything. And uh, the only thing that matters to you and me is is which one of us will always know the competitive edge between brothers would be and we've all got brothers haven't we as well would be none, none of us are competing MMA brothers we make that very clear <laughs> <laughs> but we'd be like you'll always know over you know over the dinner table at Christmas or whatever that I did you I did you <laughs> you know that kind of thing and that would I think if they both agreed right whatever happens we'll both go and try and win the fight but we'll both take two and a half million <laughs> bongo 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 big. I'm trying to say bingo and I don't say bongo. <laughs> I think you're overlooking the deep feeling of resentment here. <laughs> the there is, there is, but like Tommy is the, the most approachable guy, to be honest. Well, when it comes to his family, he seems quite nice and polite with everybody else. Like, there's a lovely little bit, uh, like because he's we see him early in the film and he's really combative with his dad and everything he says. He's he's trying to pick a fight with him essentially because he because of everything that he put him through as a younger person. But when they're sat in the diner, the waitress comes over and asks him if he wants some coffee. And he's like super, he like snaps out of Mm. being really aggressive. It's a brilliant bit of acting. This It is, isn't it? He snaps out of being really aggressive, locked into his dad. And he's like really polite to this, to this waitress. And when he's on the phone to the widow as well, you just see a completely different side Mm. to it. Yeah. Well, all his, all his damage and all his pain is solely down to his brother and his dad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Nothing's just worked out for him, has it? He's, he's, he no. seems to be—he's a very selfless guy. Um, all his actions are not, uh, you know, are putting him last. Yeah. yeah. Whereas his brother and his dad do the opposite of that. 
in his perception, uh, certainly where his uh, his dad is concerned. Yeah. So and and it is just like he's just on his own, isn't he? He's just got no yeah. one else. He's got nothing else. And uh, again, just going back to how good he is in this film, like yeah. j- he's just brilliant. And Edgerton's obviously great. I, I love him generally. Anyway, he's a really dependable screen presence. Him, isn't he? He is. It. He does that like likable, you know, empathetic. I'm going to root for this dude automatically. You know, in his sleep, he can do that. Just he, he's so good at doing that, and he he proves that when. He, all the scenes when he's a teacher, you're just like, oh, I would have loved him if he was my teacher. He's yeah, just such yeah. a cool teacher. And then finding out he's sent on bombing yeah. people in car parks, then <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's all just so effortless for Edgerton to like play that role. Yeah. And he is good at it, but but Hard is just Tom Hard is just on a different level because he's the one who's dealing with a bit more sort of baggage to get yeah. through in terms of acting. You know, he's he's got this, you know, potential PTSD from being the Marines, you know, been abandoned by the two people closest to him. His yeah. mum's died, who was presumably the only person who he had in his life. He's wanted by the uh, military police because he deserted his, yeah. his squad. Yeah, like understandably as well. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I just think he's, he's a different level. Um, mm. You just root for them both. It's hard to pick a side when, when yeah. you know, the inevitable showdown comes because there's sort of two parallel rivalries being brewed up, isn't there? You know, not only between the two brothers, but you've got Tommy's with the the, the mad dog guy who he who he embarrassed in the gym, and mm. then you've got um, Edgerton's one who's lining up with. Uh, the big bad Russian dude, Cobra. <laughs> Played by Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle! <laughs> Who, he doesn't say anything in it, but he's bloody good, isn't he? <laughs> it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Just scary as shit. I, I think he must have lost a load of weight for this, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle naturally is a lot bigger than this. Yeah. Like, there's like almost, I think, middleweight in UFC. I mean, I, I, in, to, another slight criticism of this film is everybody in that octagon is a, in a different weight class to everybody <laughs> oh, else. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. So middleweight division. Kurt Angle is about twice the size of Joel Edgerton. <laughs> <laughs> I, he really is. So, um, right, Kurt Angle... Um, it's about 220 pounds, surely. I think he's more. Um, so... Yeah, you you are spot on, James. Two hundred twenty pounds is Kurt Angle, and the middleweight category is one seven one to one eight five. So he's obviously he's nearly forty pounds over this <laughs> when he's stepping Hell in of a there. rehydration clause. The <laughs> yeah, the weight cut for him to manage this was. <laughs> Bizarre. I mean, it's by the by. I don't really care to be honest. I, I think, well, they always say the, the camera camera adds twenty pounds, but blind me, I mean, Angle looks absolutely massive in here, and I still think he looks smaller than he looks when he's wrestling as well, like as in WWE or F or whatever. He he was the only one I recognised because there's a lot of real life UFC fighters, yeah. yeah, MMA fighters in there. Is I have no idea who any of them are. No, I don't. Kurt, Kurt Angle, I was like, yes, it's Kurt Angle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I kept like looking at him, like, is it? Is it? Yeah. You know, I was sure it was, but is it? He is very good in it, in in the very limited role that he plays because he's yeah. got that physical imposition. Etc. He's like the baddest guy on the planet, isn't he? He's like he is, the, yeah. The hot so obviously favorite, he ends up in Brendan's side of the draw, who's 
Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll get to the finale, but this is such a wet. That fight between Brendan and, uh, mm. and Kobo is just incredible. It's just well good. I mean, why is it? Why doesn't the referee stop it? He gets no, absolutely he battered, he gets battered for two rounds. Right? <laughs> it's very yeah. Rocky Four, isn't it? He gets absolutely <laughs> mullered. Uh, <laughs> and he's just like, this has to, has to be stopped. Literally in a corner of the cage in the fetal position, just getting <laughs> fists rained out. Oh, James! I don't know what's wrong with my hearing. I heard in the corner of the cage in the feces position. <laughs> well, I think there was some of that going on as well because it would have been scary. I haven't watched many uh, MMA, UFC fights, whatever it is. Don't think there's this many wrestling slams in the. In there's the not as many suplexes sport. in the UFC. <laughs> Suplex, so many suplexes. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring a table in and set it on fire at one point. <laughs> I've never got it as a sport person. I've never. No, really I'm not a fan. I, I I find it sort of a bit animalistic and a bit brutal for me. It's a bit too brutal. But the the fights I have seen. Only a handful. They've all finished after like thirty seconds. Like there's someone who'll just get lamped straight away. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's it. it. It's all it's, great. It's a strange because um, good sport. <laughs> at the boxing gym, I train next to a lot of a bunch of mixed martial arts fighters. Most of them um, are Muay Thai, Thai boxing, out of discipline, but they a number of them fight in a cage and. Yeah, this was. It felt obviously. I've I've never I've sparred with them just pure boxing, but I've never, um, I've never done anything like multidiscipline because I always thought like, surely you've got to have years of you know it's called mixed yeah. martial arts for a reason. Mm. I've never done any of that, so I'm not going to get in there and do that. But um, so much of this rang quite true looking at the way they handle themselves they carry themselves they conduct themselves that kind of stuff the gym life the just dwelling in the gym for hours that kind of stuff all kind of true and what doesn't usually happen though and i've never seen is random people coming in and challenging the top fighter of the gym (laughs) and wiping him out in seconds that's a new one on me but i have seen people come in and challenge the trades to a fight but they usually get absolutely Cream crackers with yeah. a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so they're in the final. Yeah. Well, you know, who knew? Who knew that this would go this way? Um, but this is after. Surely it's the moment that the Academy thought, well, we'll nominate him. Um, the Ahab moment. Oh yeah, because there's been this uh, there's been this running theme, hasn't there? That um, Nick Nolte sort of drives around in his car listening to Moby Dick on audio tape, <laughs> and I assume he's listened to it a few times by this point. But he's basically he tries one desperate time to you find out what that Tommy was a bit of a war hero. Yes, but he also deserted his squad. He saved a load of lives, but he he left as well, so he's AWOL. And he tries once again to reconnect with him. And Tommy just isn't having any of it at all. Tells him to get lost and that he preferred him more when he was a drunk. And he comes back to the hotel room that he's sharing with his dad, who's got his Ahab tapes on and he's fallen off the wagon, something rotten. And he's just screaming blue murder, isn't he? Like, Ahab, no! <laughs> it's not funny at all. But it is quite funny. It is quite funny. <laughs> no, no, you. No, turn the boat around. Ah! 
<laughs> it's super stuff. And then all and then basically Tommy goes, Yeah, I kinda did this to him, that's not on really, and gives him a yeah. cuddle basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, it's it's so strange and so complicated because that it, it felt to me when I was watching him comfort him, it was like, ah, finally Tommy can get some kind of calm out of this because that is what he's used to yeah uh, you know what i mean like seeing his father like that is what he's used to um so he sort of holds him but uh, i like that you 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 guys saw it that way or did you see it that way as well side that he he was he'd realized that he'd put his father in that state yeah and i think he realized that even though he was the youngest person in that family that he he was the most nurturing caring person of the family and would have to look after his dad as much as he look after looks after his mum. Yeah, I, I think that was that the like turning point, at least for his dad, mm. where there was a, a sort of sem- not forgiveness necessarily, but yeah. a sort of like I'm not going to put you through this anymore because it's mm. unnecessary. Yeah, I understand that you have tried to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can't change what happened in the past. So and, yeah, and it's guilt that he pushed him to that as well. Yeah, in his heart, he wanted. His dad to prove that he was still the same old guy, mm. but when he actually saw the fallout from that as well, he realised that it was him who pushed him over that edge on that on that occasion. Yeah, I, th- I think um, this is this what what this leads because obviously he's too hammered to go to the fight <laughs> um, or see the semis um, where Tommy essentially trains himself through the semis. Doesn't yeah. really need much help. Um, no. He's in wrecking ball mode again. He lamps that guy and leaves the. <laughs> yeah, just leaves the ring. He's just a whirlwind, isn't he? He's just so yeah. furious and fearsome and just <laughs> destroys everything <laughs> within seconds. I, I, this is my one misgiving: is I would have liked to have had Nolte ringside during that fight. Oh, a cage side. Or whatever. I think that'd be too much of a reconciliation. No, but I don't like if he was not sure which corner he was in. Yeah. Well, that's why he ends up in the crowd, isn't it? Because he's been trying to make amends with Brendan as well through the course of this tournament. Yeah. And and he doesn't end up in the corner of either man for the... Um, that, yeah, that's true. That is true, isn't because it? Because that was always sort of the resentment from Brendan's side is that Tommy got all the attention because he was the star athlete. Yeah. And his dad never had any interest in his fighting ability or his ability to maybe be a pro fighter as well. Mm. Yeah. So I think it it works out quite well thematically that he's not in either man's corner mm. come the final showdown. And then obviously, they're in the final and Tommy's a war hero. All the Marines have managed to get tickets and they're in the crowd. <laughs> Apparently, the military police are very understanding because they're going to wait for him to fight the final bout before they arrest him. <laughs> Would that, do you reckon that's how that would go down? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, and the fight that they have is it's a mega back and two scrap isn't it eventually yeah. which um i don't know what i do, i really wanted it to be fair all the way through and the dislocation of the shoulder spoiler alert dislocation of um tommy's shoulder although it does the character work because actually this isn't really a sport it's it's a movie that has sport in it but it's not necessarily yeah. a sports movie is mm. it no it, it it's more like a purely literal representation of inner turmoil yeah it is isn't it i just need to batter my brother because i'm that furious with him yeah and that's what tommy does at this point he's just unleashing all that anger on him (laughs) do you think the movie could could actually have been called angry boys yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Squabblers. <laughs> Our petty differences. No, they're not that petty, actually, are they? No, not really. <laughs> it's just, it's just so like tense and you know, yeah, fraught with emotions. There, and I, again, Tom Hardy's just amazing in this in this fight. Yeah. He's so upset while he's battering his brother for this yeah. first round, or so, just completely unloaded, and then. As Brendan has done throughout the whole tournament, he's he's taken a beating and then yeah. used his technical ability to sort of get Tommy in this lock. But he won't he won't give up, will he? And he, he dislocates his shoulder after it, even though he's desperate for him to tap out and finish the fight because he doesn't want to hurt his brother at all. Brendan doesn't. And eventually, all Tommy wanted was to hear Brendan, his brother, say that he's sorry and that he loves him. Yeah. But just something like that, it's as simple as. You know, in in the most testosterone-filled, masculine way possible, where they're half naked, sweaty, beating seven stages. <laughs> There's this really tender moment, and it's okay to say that you love each other. And I I, I thought it was a lovely ending. It's a brilliant ending, and it's it the only way brilliant. it can end as well. It, it, it is, it is, because any other way would be deeply unsatisfactory. Yeah. It really would. Because if Tommy just comes in and sparks him out in the first minute and then just takes the money and gets arrested, <laughs> <laughs> Brendan and his family are out on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> what awkward coda that would be, you know, yeah. the epilogue. Tommy and Joe. Everyone wins, don't they? I mean, the the poor widow doesn't win, but she seemed all right anyway. I don't think she needed the. Win. I'm sure Brendan will give Tommy some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that would be. You know, and then can you imagine the the view the the public like petitions like make you know sign his petition so that Brendan can give you know a million to the widow or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think I think you're absolutely right. This this is the only way this can end where we all leave. The movie experience feeling that they both won happy basically. about it and that they both won yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and even in in this even nick nolte kind of wins yeah um uh, so yeah it's and and you know oh god i couldn't i couldn't handle it if, if brennan didn't get the money for them kids i just couldn't handle that no. at, all, yeah, yeah. at all and and i like that it just ends yeah it just ends with them yeah. going back fantastic it's brilliant you we don't need to you know we don't need to draw this out. You know, we've got where we needed to. Um, I think they had no choice because they already clocked up two hours, 20 minutes. <laughs> they were like, we've, got, we've got to wrap it up, guys. We've really got to wrap it up. Yeah. Well, the, the Nolte ovation scene had to go. So, you know. Um, so, uh, can I get your favourite bits then? In which case. Yeah. So, uh, my favourite bit involves uh, Frank Grillo. So, after Brendan's been getting battered by Kurt Angle for two rounds <laughs> and he's on the brink of losing, get what a, a phenomenal sort of geeing up team talk here, where Grillo's like forehead to forehead with Brendan. He's like, why are we here, Brendan? Why are we here? Are we here to lose this fight? And then if you don't knock him out, you lose the fight. You understand me? You don't knock him out. You don't have a home. And then he goes out and it just lights a fire underneath him. And then Yeah, yeah. And then it becomes a real back and forth, doesn't it? And Brendan finally gets the gets the win, and it's just really stirring, brilliant yes. stuff. The, I think all Grillo's in the corner is brilliant. All that stuff yeah. it feels so authentic, and apparently all his lines were um, were delivered by the MMA coach that Grillo stayed with, yeah, uh, before production. So yeah, because all that felt so authentic, but so like Grillo's a good guy, and he's got his main man's 100%. best. 
Yeah, he's got his be- main man's best. You'd want him in your up. corner. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you would. You would anyway. I mean, yeah. Good gracious. In, in spite of his mullet and tribal tattoos. Um, <laughs> this is very much tribal tattoo the movie, isn't it? Because Tom. Well, yeah. The, big the poster is. <laughs> blimey. Um, what's your best bit, say? Um, mine's sort of during. It's just such a random, innocuous bit uh, during Brendan's first fight of the tournament. This is where you get this impression that Brendan is the complete opposite to his brother. Tommy's sort of like fearless and just goes in all guns blazing, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Brendan's like proper shitting himself. <laughs> there's, so yeah. much, there's so much riding on his performance in this tournament and he knows he's the underdog by a big way and there's so much fear behind his eyes. And the crowd know he's an underdog as well and he's he's got no right to be there. And there's just this off-camera line from... Uh, Brian Callen, who plays the like Joe Rogan like commentator, you know, yes, a bit of a gobshite yeah. UFC, knows his stuff, but he's a bit of a dick. Hanging um, out at uh, anti vax uh, yeah. propaganda um, outside of Arena. <laughs> he's got this like, um, he's just got this throwaway line. It's not even, it's not even on camera. It's like off the film is something else while this is just going on in the background. And he says something like, um, he says, like, uh, they're, they're talking about how he's the rank outsider and he's a huge underdog. And he just says, like, oh, yeah, I remember him too. I remember him being very unmemorable. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just this really good line. like, Because <laughs> the guys with, like, trying to say, like, he was a fighter and all stuff like that. And was, uh, I just thought it was such a good line to sum up. Bre- Brendan should not be. <laughs> yeah. They, they were great, though, those two, because they were part of this whole exposition machine that this film uses because while you've got all the personal dramas going on the first hour of the movie because of this exposition machine and i'm talking about the videos that the guy on the desk at the gym is watching Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff like that we as an audience are privy to yeah the scale and stakes of sparta as a tournament are being introduced to us and we're leading there. We're like inexorably being pulled towards that. Mm. And and they're a part of this whole big machine that, of, of showing the importance, showing the scale of the event uh, and adding to the drama. Yeah, and they're very important because they have to explain to dummies like me who don't know anything yeah, about exactly. MMA really, like what's happening and why that bit is good. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Rob? I'm I'm going to go with the moment that we have already mentioned, but it's, it is clearly my favourite. It's... Principal Zito gives Brendan a, a dressing down, like, you can't be doing this. Look at you. You know, this is not on. This is not going to happen. And then he's like, oh, God, Super Nintendo, whatnot's outside. We're going to have to stand up and see him. And they stand up ready to accept him into the room. And just at that point, Kevin Dunn, Principal Zito, says, UFC? You know, like that kind of thing. And, he, like, Edgerton nods. And Zito's like, Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> it's so good. So it's, impressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, whoa, sheesh. Like, <laughs> amazing. I love it when he when he goes to the drive-in to watch it with the kids, with his, with his kids. And his yeah, and he shakes hands with the children. Like, oh, <laughs> so Sports movie menu. Because he's like, I can't condone this. That They wanted to put it on at the school, didn't they, the kids? Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't condone it but I'm definitely coming to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And arguably that that plan worked better, like a massive oh, yeah. drive-through event. Like Brilliant. those kids will remember it forever. Do you remember when that physics teacher went nuts, got suspended <laughs> and won that international middleweight tournament? And we found out just before the final started that he was fighting his actual brother. Uh, yeah. 
those kids. I mean, can you imagine the TikTok? <laughs> um, Brilliant. So, uh, FYR, for your reconsideration, um, James, you'll go last, as is per our custom. Sai, what do you think? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, sure, it's a little melodramatic in places. And, uh, you know, it's really nothing we haven't seen before in terms of story beats in an underdog sports movie. But when you've got three actors bringing their absolute A game, any of those like potential issues of you know regarding corniness or convenient coincidences, all that just disappears um, like one's consciousness would if you got beamed in the face <laughs> by Tom Hardy. Um, uh, I, I, I just think it's a brilliant film. It's it's just filled with as much heart as it is testosterone, um, featuring a bunch of intense and brutal fight sequences that are cut and shot so well, and the sound design is brilliant like the the sound of the punches is you feel every punch and you can just almost smell the blood sweat and tears that go in that went into this film both as a story in terms of the two fighters but also as a production and those the actors and what they put into it um yeah it's a great it's a great movie it really is awesome um i'm only going to agree with that this is very very close behind Ghostbusters Afterlife is my favourite film of the year. <laughs> James's face. Um, no, I, I just think this is absolutely brilliant. And and if you've not seen it, I just think you have to have to check it out. It's on uh, Netflix right now. It features such dedicated performances, but the dedication is not just with the um, the acting talent that's on screen, and that applies right across the board. There is no one here phoning it in, letting the side down, or anything like that. Everybody is brilliant, um, and this is um, a character piece and a melodrama rather than a uh, not a melodrama. Sorry, this is a drama really uh, that has sport in it, um, and it just so happens that the sport it, it itself is so faithfully recreated and exhibited on screen that it only adds to the overall greatness of this picture. <laughs> there you go, there. James. What a picture. Marty would be proud. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I think f- for me, um, I, I think both Edgerton and uh, Hardy are in career best form here. They're just they're just brilliant. The pair of them are absolutely brilliant. The regret on Brendan when he knows he's got to finish the job on his own brother, his brother calling him in. Those moments, this is cinema, this is movies, this is why we, we watch this stuff, this is why we do this podcast. It, it's just, it, it, it's super. So, yeah, don't be a dummy, go watch it. Brilliant, yeah. I mean, uh, just to sort of echo what you guys have already said, you know, this sort of has everything that I like in a sports movie. So broken men seeking re- redemption through the power of sport, top performances from an unbelievably stacked cast of character actors, and not one but two emotionally satisfying underdog stories. It's a really fantastic film that everyone should check out if they haven't already. I mentioned it earlier, Finding the Way Back as well, also directed by Gavin O'Connor, Brilliant, um, you know, broken man finding hope through sport. Movie with Ben Affleck. Check that out. Yeah, I just absolutely love this movie. You know what it reminded me a lot of, even though it's it's quite different in tone, mainly due to the visual style. It's a lot like Friday Night Lights, the movie, mm, in terms of yeah. the way it's shot and that immediacy of the cinematography and the sort of rousing score as well by Mark Isham, which is really, really good throughout as well and um, pairs really well with the fight so 
yeah, absolutely check it out if you haven't seen it already. And if you have seen it, watch it again. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I think, yeah, the, the Friday, Night, Friday Night Lights comparison is really good. And it, it, it's got a bit of an authentic sort of unglamorous look to it as well, hasn't yeah. it? Much like Friday Night Lights. So and a real good melancholy comparison. undertone as well. Yeah. You know, like like hardship of Americans, which is not really shown to the world because we only see the sort of glamorous side of America, really, and not that the people who are hard done by and you know having to losing their houses because they've got to pay for the kids' medical bills and and whatnot. So yeah, I'm always interested in stories like that. I think I think it's great. Awesome. Uh, that is another. Stellar recommendation. Um, and this one is one of those where it's not <laughs> one of those recommendations we're making where it's a matter of like taste. Like, this is legitimately a good movie. You it know, is. This yeah. is legit yeah. good. Not just because we liked it because we found stuff in it funny. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> yes. you know, this is like legit really good. Do you think <laughs> it was like it was like overshadowed by the fighter? I think so, but yeah. There's only room in this town for one of them, and, and the fighter was the one that got the. Yeah, well, the fighter's got the bigger stars, and it's also working in a sport that is more established and that audiences are more familiar with. Yeah, mm. and it's based on a true story. Yeah, um, which you know, as I yeah, say, people know who Mickey Ward is. It, it is quite yeah. funny when you know it's unrealistic when it's a made-up movie, but when it's a real movie, it's like you can't believe this was real. This is like <laughs> out of a Hollywood movie. Um, <laughs> Mm. awesome um well spectacular stuff fellas loved it loved chatting through it's always nice to to chat through like a legitimate zinger yeah um as well so super stuff and always nice to have a few beers with you boys uh just to confirm the message that was passed under my door earlier was a picture of me drawn in felt tip and i have (laughs) um lots of hair in that photograph Uh, in that image um you as bigfoot We managed to go through nearly a whole episode without mentioning the big brown machine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, I mean, tune in next time. Sai, it's you, isn't it? It is. It is me next time. What have you got? What have you got? I haven't haven't really thought about it, so I'm going to do this on a a pluck one out of my list. Um, We always say we would do it over Halloween, but there's only Halloween only happens once a year, so I'm just going (laughs) to do it next time. Um, We're going to watch The Faculty. Oh, oh yes, yes! Oh, so excited. Robert Rodriguez, nineties oh. uh, horror alien invasion movie. Sweet. So yeah, awesome. the faculty. Next time. Cannot wait for that. Uh, cheers, fellows. Thank you for everything, and thank you all for listening. And I think I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I, 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 then I decided to save it to the end. It would be cool if you know if you guys want to link up with us on letterboxd we love reading out you know like or or hearing what you guys think about movies and all that kind of stuff so um do get in touch with us on there too obviously we're on the twitters please keep interacting with us on there it's loads of fun um and we'll see you next time for the faculty um say goodbye boys bye 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 bye